Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. You can catch us here every week, Tuesday morning at 9 to 10 a.m., immediately following Nachum on JM in the AM. We have a very important show coming up uh, today in the next couple of minutes, and for the next hour or so, we're going to be speaking um, with Dr. Susan Gross, who is the Professor of Clinical Obstetrics and Gynecology and Women's Health, Pediatrics and Genetics at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine about a very important upcoming program in just a few hours uh, from now. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the program and then we'll discuss it. Uh, it's being put on by a number of different organizations, including the OU, the Program for Jewish Genetic Health, which is a joint initiative of Yeshiva University and the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Also involved is the Young Israel, the Yeshiva University Center for the Jewish Future, the Rabbinical... The RCA, the Rabbinical Council of America, a number of different organizations because the program is so important. It's a lunch break program for Rebitsons, Yoetzot, and Kala teachers, uh, women who are, uh, who play vital roles within the Jewish community pertaining to women and women's health issues and things of the like, uh, discussing breast and ovarian cancer in the Jewish community, genetics, knowledge, uh, and prevention. So that's the title of the program, obviously something that's very important. Uh, today and every day and always, um, but trying to give the information and understanding of what the topic entails and what goes into it is obviously very important for the Rebitsons, for the Yoetzot, and for the Kala teachers and the women in the community uh, to be well aware of. Additionally, we're, I'm joined in person by Rebitson Judy Steinig of the Young Israel of Bayside, who is also the Associate Director of Community Services here at the OU, who's putting on uh, the event together with uh, Dr. Susan Gross. Uh, Judy Stonig, welcome to the Jewish Reaction. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, well, welcome to you, to, I guess, to the OU. You've only been here for a couple of weeks. This is your first uh, big program. How has it been so far? It's been a wonderful experience. The resources here, everyone's friendly, and there's just always so much going on. That is definitely true. There is always so much going on here uh, at the OU, at the Orthodox Union. Of course, everybody is very familiar. Um, as we go forward throughout the show, if you have any questions, suggestions, uh, ideas, you can always send them to me again at Ellie at NahumSiegel.com, and I will do my best uh, to put you in touch with the person you need to speak to um, if you are looking for more information. Again, that's L-E-E-L-I at NahumSiegel.com. Um, Judy, before we uh, get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about where this idea came from, why it's so important, why is the OU getting involved, uh, and discuss a little bit about how this came to be. A few weeks ago, uh, Dr. Gross and her associates came to speak with a number of us uh, in the Community Engagement Department and Development to see how we could partner together to get the word out on how important it is for women to be aware of the problems and the potential for uh, developing breast and ovarian cancer. And in the middle of talking about it, we were talking about getting the rabbis involved, and all of a sudden somebody pointed out, oh, well, how about instead of the rabbis, let's first start with the Rebbitsons. And that's something that I've been very familiar with as a Rebbitson myself for over 30 years and uh, doing a lot of work in my previous uh, uh, experience at National Council of Young Israel. I did a lot of work for Rebbitsons, and we said this was a natural. Rebbitsons are role models for women. They develop very uh, close relationships with the women in their community. And who better to speak to women about this topic than the Rebbitsons, uh, the Rebbitsons, Yoatzot, college teachers, all 
women who develop close relationships with the women in their communities. So we thought that we should educate them first and that they should go back to their communities with the information that they'll be getting from this program. So the main goal here is really to inform, not specifically the community directly, but to inform the informers of the community. The leadership. The, right, the, the leadership. The, fe- the female leadership of the community. And then they can go back and in whatever settings are appropriate, uh, after shul, at women's uh, at a women's shir, Shabbos afternoon is always a classic time that women get together. And when it, at a comfortable moment, that this is something that we can talk about. We, went, we did, I just went to this program and I heard some very I- interesting information and I think it's something that we in our community need to address. So I think something that's actually very interesting is the uh, how f- many and from where all the different uh, Rebbitsons um, are coming from. I think, first of all, the fact that you're able to come in person in Manhattan to, for it to be you know, presented right in front of you, as well as offering it through the web, online, on a webcast. And to have, so far, I believe, right, you have Rebbitsons signed up to come from Rebbitsons, you had said halachas, uh, mikvah attendees, and college teachers from more than 13 states. Um, so the fact that there are people coming from all over the country, it's obviously such an important program that we need as many people as possible. Obviously, because the program is today at noon in just a few hours, if somebody is in New York and would like to come by, that would be great. The just let us know. We'll, just we'll, let us know. We'll be happy to set an extra place for you. If there's somebody in the community, if you're visiting, if you uh, just found out about it and you have, you know, you're at work and can take uh, an hour off, please come. Just give us a call. Send us an email. Uh, and please come down to 11 Broadway on the 14th floor. We're happy to have you. If you're hearing about this and uh, would like to, to see the webcast, again, send us an email and we'll be happy to, to involve you. Uh, I think that the fact that we have people from so many areas speaks to the fact that there are too many communities that have a woman or women in their community suffering uh, with breast cancer. I personally have two close friends at this very moment that are going through chemo and all the various other things. And if we could do anything to prevent the next woman that from this, that that's our goal. I think, the, I mean, the biggest need is just to get the information out there and to give people the most uh, information that they can. And I think that's a great segue into as we try to get uh, Dr. Susan Gross on the phone right now, who's going to be joining us in just a minute. Um, I've asked Naftali Herman, who has sat in for me a number of times on the show, to actually select music appropriate uh, for the topic, and much of the music that we're going to be choosing today is related to Rafua, uh, which I, th- I thought was very nice. So here's our first song from Revela Sheva. Here is Kumu. Thank you. 
קריאת המשיח בארץ ישראל של אהבה בכל יום שיגיע Israel
And that was Kumu by Revel Asheva. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Networks. OU presents the Jewish Reaction. My name is Elliot Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and I'm very excited to be joined uh, by two very special women. First, we have Rebbe and Judy Steinig from the Young Israel of Bayside and also works as the new Associate Director of Community Services here at the OU. And also on the phone, we're joined by Dr. Susan Gross, who is the Professor of Clinical Obstetrics and Gynecology and Women's Health, Pediatrics, and Genetics at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Uh, Dr. Gross, welcome to the Jewish Reaction. Thank you. Dr. Gross, for, I mean, Judy and I have been speaking for just a few minutes before you joined us discussing the importance of this program. I want to hear from you to speak a little bit about the importance of and the role of making sure to check and be tested for any type of cancers or genetic uh, diseases or testing that might be necessary. Well, thank you again for having me on the show. Very excited to uh, to be on air with you. And I'm actually speaking on behalf of the Program for Jewish Genetics Health. Um, the Program for Jewish Genetic Health is based out of YU and the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. It's actually a joint program. We began a pilot program in 2007 aimed towards providing Jewish community with accessible and affordable carrier testing, initially for Tay-Sachs and then expanded to all the other tests that are out there um, that could affect our next generations. The program was very successful. We became an official program of YU and Einstein 2010, and which is when we got our name. Uh, we actually aren't on the operating budgets of either YU or Einstein, fully funded by philanthropy. And the program has been so successful that we've branched out now into other areas that are a vital health concern related to genetics and uh, the Jewish community. So that's why we really been focusing on the hereditary breast and ovarian cancer issues uh, in really just the past few months. Uh, we've really gone after it in a big way. Uh, the reason being is that one in 40 Jews actually carry something called the BRCA gene. Some people call it the BRCA gene. It's been in the news lately everywhere, including uh, you might have seen Angelina Jolie article, not Jewish as far as we're aware. Um, so it can affect others outside our community too, but it definitely really has fallen into our community in a big way. Um, that gene is important. It helps prevent uh, cancerous tumors from developing, but if you have a mutation in the gene, your risk becomes much higher that you could have breast or ovarian cancer in a lifetime. It's about 1 in 40, and also very important, it can happen in men also. Now, men may even, in fact, be increased risk for breast cancer, but also pancreatic cancer and prostate cancer. And like, just like moms, dads can pass this uh, mutation or change in the gene along 50-50 uh, chance of doing that into the next generation. Is that if both mother and father are carriers? That's a fantastic question um, because that's how we often think about it. In when Tay-Sachs and those sorts of disorders, we go out, we test, we screen, we've been on the campuses, we've been everywhere. If you're a carrier of a change in a Tay-Sachs gene, you need to actually have kids with somebody else who has a change in that gene. And then any future offspring have a one in four chance of a problem. This situation with BRCA and the breast and ovarian cancer genes is very different. Uh, the way I describe it is like the brakes on a car. 
Uh, in Tay-Sachs, you need really both the mother and the father. It, this is a different situation. This is like when you have one break that's really not working well. That's a problem in and of itself. It's a very different sort of situation. So if you are a carrier, you, in fact, do have a risk for a problem. And the risk is not inconsequential. If you're a carrier of a mutation, you can have up to 60 to even 80% chance of developing breast cancer. Ovarian cancer is a little less, but still substantial. And what we see is it affects women at younger ages. Uh, and certainly, we've been seeing that in the community as well. But the incredible thing, which is why uh, OU and other such organizations are so vital, and including getting the word out in your show, is we actually have preventative measures. It's not just that, oh, I got the gene, can't do anything, or, you know, I've got the mutation, actually, is the better way to say it. All of us have that gene. Uh, the medicine now has really moved forward. We know a lot more than we did before. And we actually have therapies uh, that can prevent this um, from happening. And, in fact, from, um, from our world in a halakhic perspective, one of the most amazing things is what's called, uh, and this also was in a New York Times article recently, but pre-implantation genetics. There is a way for us to actually even test embryos. Uh, via an IVF program and only really implanting embryos that do not have these particular mutations or problems. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Uh, Dr. Gross, let me ask you a question. In terms of uh, checking and screening, how often and how necessary is it uh, for either a woman or a man to, to, to have a mammogram and or genetic testing done periodically? So, again, great question, um, because you point out the most important thing. Everybody, everybody, every woman, there's always a risk of breast cancer. It's been around forever. We all know about it. Um, there is uh, some controversy how often um, a woman needs mammograms and at what age to start. But, you know, definitely at a certain point uh, every two years, sometimes you hear every year, um, in our country, it's still uh, standing as a recommendation from some of the professional organizations. Uh, the issue of what to do about BRCA, uh, that's a really great question. So I'll tell you what we're doing now, and this comes back to the um, excellent programming that OU is doing. For BRCA, we're at the education stage. People need to know about this. People need to know that if they have had breast cancer or if they have a first-degree relative or actually just a family history and uh, breast cancer and you're of Jewish, in particular Ashkenazi Jewish background, um, these are things you have got to let your doctor know about. Likewise, if there's any men in the family with breast cancer, if you're seeing, um, you know, pancreatic cancers, prostate cancers, the idea here is for people to know their family history. So that way you can hopefully do something before it really does become a problem. Um, and right now that's how the screening programs work. So is, is, is the BRCA, is that something that can develop on its own or is it entirely genetic? So the way BRCA works is that anybody, as we said, can have 
get breast cancer, ovarian cancer. It can happen to anybody. What's important to know about BRCA is that that's a change in the gene that you pass on through, um, through the generations. That's the important uh, difference there. The chance of passing along that mutation, again, is 50-50 to all of the children in the next generation. So that really does get passed along in families, and that's why, you know, if you see um, a family and you have uh, aunts or uncles or sisters or relatives, even if you don't have that particular, uh, you don't have uh, any cancers yourself, that's still something really important to pick up in the family tree. Everybody knows, you know, in past years, again, it's what we call sporadic, out of the blue, people will get uh, breast and ovarian cancers. Watching for family patterns is very important. Having said that, again, because within the Ashkenazi Jewish community, the carrier rate is 1 in 40 approximately, it's substantial enough that we really want to get the word out for people to start looking at their own personal health history, their family histories. And the most important thing is you don't have to make the determination if you need any further screening or any, um, you know, any procedures. The whole purpose of the program is to make individuals, and again, the program specifically is for, you know, Rebetzins and who I consider leadership in the Jewish community, to get the word out so that people can contact uh, experts, their healthcare providers, uh, genetic centers, and again, our program for Jewish Genetic Health, that's what it's set up for. You're not so, sure, Dr. you don't know, you give us a call. So Dr. Gross, everybody has the BRCA gene. The question is, if you have a mutation of the BRCA gene, then you'd be at an increased risk. Is that correct? Exactly right. You need those genes. Those genes protect you. Um, it's just the way we throw the words around um, in the press. And even, you know, I do it sometimes myself. The BRCA genes are our protectors. If it is... It's necessary, but it could also end up causing some of its own issues and problems. The genes, when they're functioning well, are... Um, they probably work more like repair genes. They're there to fix problems as they come up in our uh, genetics, in our genes. But the body doesn't have a way to correct mutated genes. Once a gene is mutated, it's mutated. Exactly. And um, if it's not functioning well, it's only working. It's like the break I was telling you about. You know, it's it's not it's just not working well a lot of the research you know people have been very generous people are giving to research institutions everywhere to try to find a way to do what you just said fix it as of today we don't have a fix and that's why we have to do programs such as the program that Judy is uh, helping to organize with the YU to help get the word out so that we can prevent uh, problems before it really is too late. Wow. Unbelievable. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and we're, I'm being joined on the phone by Dr. Susan Gross, who's the Professor of Clinical Obstetrics and Gynecology and Women's Health, Pediatrics and Genetics at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Um, we're speaking, of course, about 
um, a program that's coming up in just a few hours specifically for Rebetzin's, Yoatzo, Kala teachers, and female leaders within the Jewish community about discussing uh, breast and ovarian cancer in the community. Genetics, knowledge, uh, and prevention, which is all important information uh, that we need to make sure it's our responsibility to get this information um, to the uh, people within the Jewish community. Uh, Dr. Gross, I know you only have a few minutes left, but just wanted to ask you a couple more questions. Um, is the BRCA gene that we've been discussing with, um, you know, if it's a mutated gene, then you're at a much higher increased chance uh, of getting um, cancer. Is it a recently discovered gene? Is this a relatively new find? Like, I know genetic testing has been changing tremendous amounts over the last number of years, and that's why it's recommended that you go for genetic testing more than just once. You know, everybody knows that you go right before you get married. Um, should you be going for genetic testing more often? And is BRCA one of these newer uh, additions to the genetic testing list? So um, this was discussed actually in that New York Times article in Israel. Uh, they are... Uh, they are seeing and discussing and actually testing more people just because their background is Ashkenazi Jewish without the large family history or even small family history. Part of that is, unfortunately, there's still, um, you know, several of us who might be children of Holocaust survivors. There is no family history. Um, but the idea being that if it is this high a carrier rate, that perhaps we really do need to be screening uh, even people that we would consider low risk, like there's nothing obvious in the family. Um, we are absolutely looking at this. We have not started doing this yet, um, but it is something that as a community we really need to start thinking about and looking at. Again, my philosophy in that of the program for Jewish Genetics Health is you always go out first with education, always. One of the you know, biggest harms and dangers is flooding people with genetic information. Uh, people need to take responsibility for their own health care. As for how uh, the discovery was made, uh, it was actually one of the genes that was cloned. Um, we, we, that's the royal we, it was several brilliant researchers who actually did this in the 90s. And it led to incredible excitement, but at the time, we really didn't know what we were going to do with it. Some people were getting tested just so that they would know. Uh, that is, the situation now actually is, is quite different. Uh, and the most remarkable thing to me, as someone who's been in the field now, I, I guess actually for a few decades, is that the amount of work it took just to find that one gene, they're discovering every day. The Human Genome Project you know, has more or less come to a close. What we have is now the sequence. We still are learning how the code works. Uh, but that was really a watershed historic moment in uh, medical genetics. And, again, you can discover things. Sometimes it takes time to figure out what to do with it. And I would like to just close by saying one of the most remarkable things about TASACs we should never forget, it's the community that partnered with medicine that saw to it that we would try to eradicate this horrible, horrible disease from the Jewish community. Uh, and it has always served as a model. When it comes to genetics, it's not about an individual. Genetics is about family. It's about us as a community. When the community decides they're going to take care of a problem, we Jews, we take care of the problem. So I know that Judy is on the line. Uh, 
again, speaking on behalf of the Jewish Genetic Program um, at Einstein and YU, uh, but also personally, I just really have to thank her and how open and wonderful OU has been to take on this responsibility again and hoping it will be as historic as what uh, the community accomplished in the 1970s. Dr. Gross, it's really an honor that you that you chose the OU to partner with. We're we're very privileged to be part of this program, and we just uh, our goal is uh, just to bring knowledge and to do whatever we can to help in the future. Dr. Gross, one last question. I know you really have to run, but how careful or how serious should it be taken when it comes to the discussion of let's say shiduchim? Uh, should women be afraid to get tested? for fear that, you know, how do you make that decision if you are a carrier, if this could be a serious problem? What do you say to potential uh, couples? So the most important thing, and this this is for all the genetics um, situations that I have dealt with, time and again, I found people come to me already with preconceived notions of what they think the Rebbeim are going to say. And I see this again and again. And I always say exactly the same thing. Um, the first of all, that this is not, you know, trivial or easy uh, halacha, from what I can tell. So you you really need to speak to a rav that really knows the area very well. But that what I have seen absolutely time and again from Rabin that actually, you know, know I know their stuff you know, really well and are really impressive, their compassion is so overwhelming. That in conjunction with real halachic knowledge, uh, I always am able to tell couples or individuals that this is going to be okay, that you have to not be afraid to speak to the Rav about it, that, you know, I'll be there with you the entire time, you know, I'll be backing you up on this, but that if something is 1 in 40 in the community, this is not your problem. This is a community problem. And if you think about it, the number is simply too high to take out that many families from our community. Sure. Right? Our, our greatest uh, task is really, you know, pro revu. We, we always, you know, we, we are always driving forward. We want more children. We want healthy children. And we want healthy communities. So uh, I always find the discussion actually to be incredibly positive. So I'm being careful here because I don't want to step outside my halachic boundaries. Sure. You know, not being a rough. But definitely, you know, again, what I've seen is those moments of compassion and halachic knowledge come together. Uh, I don't think I ever see it as much as I see it here. Okay. So people Excellent. should really feel very, very positive about this. And the more organizations like the OU take this on, um, you know, you're only going to see more of a positive feeling that you're not alone, that there's no reason, you know, you shouldn't have a full, healthy, wonderful life and Excellent. a very Jewish life. Dr. Susan Gross is a professor of clinical obstetrics and gynecology and women's health, pediatrics, and genetics at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine of Yeshiva University. And, of course, we've been speaking about for the last uh, half an hour or so about an upcoming event in just a few hours. You can go to OUcommunity.org or call 212-613-8300 for more information about it. Uh, Dr. Gross, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck with all of your successes and continued work. Thank you, and I look forward to speaking to you again. It will be my pleasure.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachan, and that was Dr. Susan Gross uh, speaking about breast and ovarian cancers in our community and genetics, knowledge, and prevention. I'm also joined here by Rebetz and Judy Steinig of the Young Israel of Bayside, who's also the Associate Director of Community Service at the OU, who have been working on putting on this event specifically geared towards the female leadership roles within the Jewish community. The Rebetzins, the Yoetzet Halachas, the Kala teachers, the uh, mikvah attendees, anybody who serves that role uh, within the Jewish community in terms of education and getting information out there so that people are more familiar um, and more equipped with the knowledge of what to do, how to do, and what to look for. Uh, just before we continue on here with Judy Steinig, we'll listen to um, another song moving forward. Uh, let's see what do we have here. Our next song is uh, Rifainu. We actually have three of them. We're going to play two back-to-back. Rifainu, of course, dealing with uh, healing and refuah as we move forward discussing this topic. First, we have a version by Shlomo Simcha, and then another one by Avram Freed.
Shabbos 
And that was Rifainu by Avram Frieden. Right before that, another version by Shlomo Simcha. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com. Sponsored by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. And I'm being joined in studio by Rebetzin Judy Steinig, the Associate Director of Community Services here at the OU, and also the Rebetzin at the Young Israel of Bayside. And, of course, we're speaking about... Uh, the lunch break program coming up in just a few hours from now, specifically geared towards Rebetzins, Yoetzos, Kala teachers, and other uh, female leaders within the Jewish community in terms of presenting them with information about breast and ovarian cancer uh, in the Jewish community. Of course, the presenter is Dr. Susan Gross, who we spoke about, who we spoke with just a few minutes ago. She is the professor of clinical obstetrics and gynecology and women's health, pediatrics, and genetics at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine of Yeshiva University. Um, Rebetzin, Judy Steinig, uh, we were speaking earlier about how important this is to the Jewish community, and I just want to run through some of the cities that are going to be represented at the program. Obviously, we have New York. We also have Cleveland Heights, Ohio, West Orange, New Jersey, Brooklyn, New Haven, Connecticut, Brooklyn, Massachusetts, Silver Spring, Maryland, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Cincinnati, Ohio, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Hollywood, Florida, uh, Kitchener, Ontario, Skokie, Illinois, Charleston, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, Los Angeles, and then, of course, a number of other areas uh, in New York, New Jersey. But I think it just speaks to the importance of the topic about giving all of these female leaders within the Jewish community as much information as possible about the topic. As the head of a community, a Rebbiton deals with women at any given time of the day or night. Women call uh, to share happy news. They share sad things. Whenever there's this type of situation, a Rebetzin or a Kala teacher dealing uh, with uh, teaching brides for marriage, they have the opportunity to speak with women, and when, once they have this knowledge that they will get from the program this afternoon, they will be able to share with them the idea of becoming educated oneself and to go the next step to, to be prepared that we can all be healthy. That That's the goal. That all of these women want to be healthy mothers and grandmothers, and they want to do everything they can to live for the next generations. And that's exactly what our role is, uh, specifically with this program and with obviously everything else that comes through uh, your 
department, the Community Services Department at the OU. Again, just a few seconds left. This is the Lunch Break program coming up in just a few hours for Rebetzin, Zioetzas, college teachers, and other female leaders of the Jewish community, sponsored by the Young Israel, Yeshiva University Center for the Jewish Future, the RCA, Einstein, the OU Community Engagement Department. Everybody is getting together to put this on because it's just so important for the Jewish community. And again, if you want to find out more about it, OUcommunity.org, or you can call 212-613-8300. Judy Steinig, I want to thank you for joining us. Of course, I want to thank Dr. Susan Gross, who joined us earlier, who will be giving this presentation in just a few hours from now. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to The Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, nachumsiegel.com.